You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fine. It is time to record the uh, 30th installment of our Kitchen Table Finance blog. All right. I like it. See, I can't, I still want to call it a blog when it's a podcast. I'll get this stuff right one of these days. That's right. Get with the times. Practice, practice. <laughs> and uh, so today is kind of more of a uh, a real kitchen table kind of uh, finance discussion. We're gonna gonna just have a conversation around something that comes up fairly often in client conversations, like how 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 to help adult children in certain situations. Yeah. So this might be a, a kitchen table and uh, maybe a couple of adult beverage <laughs> conversation. <laughs> right. We'll stick with coffee for today. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. It, it definitely is something that comes up a lot of times when we're dealing with folks and doing financial mm-hmm. planning of, you know, my adult kid needs some help. What do I do? Yeah. Um, and can I do it? Should I do it? Yeah. And there, there's layers to that. You know, there's, there's the first question, more of the objective question is, can I afford to do what I need to do. And then there's the, should I do what I feel like I should do to help, right. you know, what, or what, what they're asking me to do. Sometimes you may not feel you even have a choice depending on what that help entails. So it can be a, it can be an interesting conversation and one that doesn't always have great answers. Yeah. Like most things financial, right? If it was just about uh, your financial success, we'd have an easy mathematical answer as to whether or not it would be a good investment. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not the way the world works. And so there's some give and take there. So what I'd like to do today is switch it up a little bit and and propose a new section of the podcast being, would you do it? (laughs) And go over a couple of these different scenarios and and we can kind of see what your take and my take is on some of these different things as to how we would answer some of these questions. Yeah. So um, the first one up to bat in terms of helping adult children is home purchases. Right. Yeah, that that's a pretty common thing. Um, it can take a couple forms, either helping with uh, helping with a down payment or um, I've had a couple situations where parents were asked to co-sign on loans. Yeah. So would you do it, Nick? That's a good question. So I guess it for me, I wouldn't shy away from doing a help on a down payment. I certainly um, would not feel comfortable co-signing because if if you're a co-signer, typically that means that whoever you're co-signing for can't afford the house or mm-hmm. can't doesn't have the credit to do it on their own. And so that's typically, in my opinion, not a great idea, even for a child. <laughs> But a down payment, I could definitely see that as a kind of a stepping stone mm-hmm. to help them, provided that I was comfortable with the house and the terms of the loan and where they stood. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see myself doing some help on a down payment. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that because it, it, we end up saying to clients or, or in prospective clients quite often when they're asking about mortgage questions, you know, if you find you're trying to get around the rules and the requirements, it's usually a signal you maybe shouldn't shouldn't be making that home purchase. Maybe you're going yeah. a little too far. And so, uh, you know, those rules are there to protect the bank, but they're also there to keep you from getting in over your head. And if what we're doing by helping our kids is helping them take a step they maybe shouldn't, then that's one thing. 
But if it's a matter of helping them come up with a down payment that maybe, you know, if they're on the right track and the right trajectory to be able to own a home, but, you know, the opportunities there now, but maybe not all of the savings. Yeah, that's something I can get behind. Yeah, especially, you know, when you start talking about down payment, you can end up saving a bunch of money by having a decent down payment under the basically the same terms of loan. Right, right. But, you know, when it comes to home purchase, the home mortgage industry bends over backwards, as does the government, to get you qualified. So if Mm -hmm. you can't qualify on your own, you really have to take a step back and consider what's going on and why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, another one that comes up pretty often is job changes. You know, when somebody's young and maybe a couple of years out of school, first career path isn't uh, exactly Mm. working out. Um, maybe there's not that contingency fund in place for them to bridge a gap if they're making a move. What do you do there? So me personally, I would lean towards helping on this one and I'd probably be more favorable in helping in something along these lines than I would on a down payment in a house. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is I'm a firm believer in you have to do what you as far as work, you have to do what you're passionate about. And a lot of times that means taking a pay cut or doing something differently or taking on some risks. Mm -hmm. And for me, there's a lot more value in doing that. And what traditionally happens is you end up making more money over your career by doing what you're passionate about than being stuck in a job that you don't love, but maybe Mm -hmm. pays more. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would definitely be more inclined to help in that regard. That's a value of mine, a family value, even if it maybe doesn't make the most financial sense from a stability and income standpoint to take a pay cut to do something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I pretty much, pretty much agree with that, but I would want to, uh, I'd want to talk about what the long-term plan is and I'd want to feel good that there was you know, the, the right solution in the works. And it wasn't just part of a pattern because with, with all these things, you've also got to be careful about perpetuating behavior that, uh, you know, maybe, um, maybe a few hard knocks might, uh, might help, uh, straighten out. So, yeah, I think that's a great point because, you know, there's a difference between changing careers because you're passionate and changing careers because you don't know what you want to do or you don't like your boss or you want to try something new for the fifth or sixth time. Right, right. <laughs> and so I've had that kind of tough conversation with some clients, too, where kids were asking for something. And at first it seemed good from my point of view. And then as we got deeper into the conversation, this wasn't the first time this had been asked, you know? Yeah. And so, sure. So that kind of flavored the, uh, the conversation from there on out, you know? Well, I think you get into that conversation of, are you helping by helping or sometimes are you hurting by helping? Right. And are you, you know, prolongating some difficult things and soul searching that a kid needs to do. And, you know, taking that a step further, the next, uh, the next item on your list is legal difficulties. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. oh man, you know, that is tough. That is a tough, tough one. You have mixed feelings about this one. Um, You know, for the most part, I feel like pretty hands off. You know, if I were to do something, it would definitely be more in the lines of, 
maybe a loan than necessarily right. a, hey, I'll pay for your lawyer because you got in trouble with the law. But, you know, and maybe this is because I watched too much Dateline. <laughs> <laughs> right. But man, I would have a huff. A tough time if I thought my child was innocent of a major crime and not stepping in to help. I would have right. a tough time with that. Right. And there's there's just no good answers. I think I would I would do what I felt I had to do in that situation, but uh again, uh tread cautiously, right? Yeah, for sure. Health issues is another one that comes up and we've seen mm. we've seen that with clients as well. And you know, when, when somebody through no fault of their own is put in a bad financial situation like that, it's, uh, it's pretty tough to, uh, to not, uh, not be there to help them. And I, I think at that point, uh, the guest room's available and we'll do what we need to do. Yeah. That one, this one for me is the toughest of all in terms of, you know, sacrificing my financial future for keeping my kid healthy. I don't know that I could ever, yeah, there's just no good answer around that. You know, I think of that movie with Denzel Washington where he went through all that craziness mm-hmm. to to get his kid that surgery. And, you know, I think the reason that movie was so successful is because people could empathize with him in right. terms of, you know, if your kid's sick, you're going to do whatever you can right. to keep him healthy. But, right. you know, the flip side of that is how much is too much? How much do you spend on keeping your health, your own kid healthy between keeping yourself healthy and your family healthy and being able to do those things? That's a tough, tough conversation, a tough balance. For well, sure. and you know, with all these things, there's that, that, you know, it's, it's fine to say you, you would do these things, but affordability is another question. And we'll, we'll circle back to that. But uh, yeah, now, the next one you've got on your list, you know, with living at home or moving back home, I'm more inclined to the tough love approach when it comes to that, you know, okay. and I guess, I yeah. guess this feeds back into the, uh, the job change idea too. You know, I'm all for finding that thing you're passionate about and, you know, that you want to make your forever career, but sometimes you got to wash some dishes and, uh, you know, rake some sure. yards or something in the meantime to, to spide your time while you're figuring that out. And sometimes you got to have a job you hate for a little while. And so you find the one that you love. So, you know, if my kids are listening, uh, you know, (laughs) the refrigerator door (laughs) will remain unlocked, (laughs) but but we better have a plan in place. So, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a tough one for me. You know, I probably, lean more towards your logic when it comes to this, but I know for a fact that my wife doesn't. And so mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I have <laughs> a, a, a fight to make in this one. Yeah. Cause I, you know, we've talked about, you know, our house and what happens when our kids move out and if we need this big of a house and, yeah. you know, that conversation is very short because she wants to have a house that the kids can always come back to mm-hmm. whether, and, and I wouldn't, doubt for a second if they called mom and asked to move back in she would probably drive out there and pick them up and bring them home so so there's two sides to that story you know i know it's important to her and it's a value of ours to always have that open door policy but that doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to help the kids either it's a team sport right absolutely (laughs) battles (laughs) so you've got adoption on the list next. That's an interesting one. Cause that has, you know, that has cross generational implications in a way like value. That's maybe a little different. You know, it's, it's one thing to say, well, I, I value the idea of my child 
being able to afford a house. It's a, it's a little bigger, deeper question when it's, I, I want to help my child start their own family. And that can be a very expensive proposition. Yeah. And I didn't put it on here, but you could also, you know, I know there's um, therapy and different things to mm-hmm. yeah, get of, pregnant on your own too. So we, we, I do have clients that have gone I through, have whether it was yeah. adoption or in helping kids out. And so for me, this one comes down to a lot, you know, my personal thing is, and this is probably selfish more than anything. I'd be much more willing to invest in, in spend money on that because I want to be a grandparent someday. Right. That's, I guess that's what I was getting at. It has, <laughs> It has a bigger dimension to it than just a a financial value. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, that's that's not one I'd ever even pondered for myself before today. And uh, knock on wood, hopefully won't have to worry about it. But, uh, you know, I can see that being a pretty deep conversation if it were to come up. I don't. Yeah, I'm going to punt as to what I would do for right now. I'd probably try to find a way to help. And then the the last one on our list, but I think, you know, at this point you can extrapolate a lot of different ideas from these things is divorce. Mm-hmm. And boy, you know, that can get a, that could, especially if it's, if it's a messy situation where somebody needs that support. Yeah. Uh, this one comes up quite frequently as well, unfortunately, where we have situations yeah. like that, that kids need help yeah. and need to get through certain periods of time. And yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that's a tough one. And then a lot of it will probably lean back to your values and how you believe in divorce to begin with. But, you know, again, it's one of those, especially when you start talking about kids involved and things like that, that's difficult. So if you got to pun on the last one, I'm going to pun on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think this is one where I would say, you know, the, uh, the uh, velvet museum rope might come off the bedroom for a little while so they could have, you know, yeah, sure. Space, some (laughs) some time. I don't know that. I don't know what the financial commitment would be, but, uh, I think the main thing with all of these it's pretty obvious there's not, it's not just a dollar and cents objective decision, right? Mm. It's a, mm. all these things hit at the heartstrings, all the difficult conversations. Mm. We, 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 nobody likes to talk about money in families or very few people do. And mm. uh, all of these kind of get to those, the heart of the matter pretty quick. So let's go into some of the specifics of, obviously we kind of ran down these, but I'd like to talk a little bit about how we can, how you can make these decisions and what things to consider when you're making them. Yeah. You know, obviously the hard part is figuring out whether or not you would do it and and talking and doing that. But I think the next question, the next issue, is it affordable and how does it affect your financial future? Right. And that's, that's something where we can help as financial mm-hmm. planners. Of course, we, we can facilitate those conversations and help you figure out where your heart's at on these things. But, you know, in terms of looking at, okay, if I need to spend X to help, you know, junior with a situation, what's that mean for my long-term planning? Well, you know, most of our clients have seen, we've got the tools to, to visually work those things out and see sure. what the impacts will be. And also taking it a step further, you know, there's always the strategy level of does, you know, can we do this? And then there's the tactical level of, okay, if we're going to do it, what's the best way to do it? Right. And a lot of people, you know, we find regardless of what the expense is, but I think with these, um, 
these more um, emotional kind of expenses, it can be worse where people will compartmentalize how they think about their money. Oh, I've got money in this account and that's money I should use for that. And mm-hmm. when we look at it as financial planners, we're like, well, no, you know, the tax implications or the, you know, the, the there's something else that you need to consider and think big picture, you know, about how this is going to play out. And, you know, what we can do is come in and mitigate the cost and mitigate the risk. For sure. And, and I think that's one of those, you know, just like any goal that you have, if we put it in there and, and figure out how does it affect your plan? So if you're planning on retiring at 65, but you, uh, you know, decide you want to help your kids buy a house, does that mean you have to wait until 67? You know, what are the, what are the financial ramifications of that decision? Because that will, figuring those things out will help you make those decisions and will help you, you know, follow kind of the, follow the trend of, you know, is it more important to help my kid buy a house or retire at 65? And and that, then we're making a decision based on what our values are, not necessarily what the best financial decision is. The implications of a, of a, of a one-off expense, a lot of times are not as bad to the big picture as people might assume. So, you know, don't, don't just conclude you can't afford it. If you're, if you're, if you're serious about doing it, talk to us and, and, you know, we'll, we'll help you make that determination. The other thing that comes to mind, and I know we're both big believers in planning, being flexible and being a process. And, you know, when, when you set, when you make, if you make a plan this year, you've got to expect things are going to come up and we should be building in, you know, we may not know that two years from now, your daughter's going to have a situation that we need to, you know, come up with some extra money, but we know something's going to come up you know, something, something's going to be different than what we planned. So don't, uh, don't make rigid plans, make plans that can adapt and plans that have flexibility. And look, when we talk about flexibility and planning, we're talking about the ability to get money back from certain things and to have money that doesn't have strings attached. Right. To be able to change course. And and to be honest, if we, if things didn't come up, you would only need to see us once in your lifetime. Right, right. Because <laughs> we just be plan everything boring. out to the right. T and you'd be fine. <laughs> right, right, right. And, Unfortunately, uh, we, you know, we meet yeah. with our clients regularly, yeah. mostly because things come up and things yeah. change and yeah. we have to be ready for that. Chaos is job security. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, so and I think the next part of this would be, you know, is it wise? So right. just because it's affordable and just because you can do the one-time thing, is it going to help your kid be a better human, mm-hmm. have a better, put them in a better situation? Or is it going to be something that if you do this now, you're probably going to have to continue doing things right. in the next two or three or four years. And, you know, the example would be the home purchase. If you're co-signing on a mortgage and they get behind or can't really truly afford it, then that's going to be more of an ongoing right. thing than saying, Hey, I'll give you a five grand for a down payment to help yeah. you get better loan terms. I always, I always use the Thanksgiving table example, you know, is this going to be an issue? is Thanksgiving dinner going forward from now on going to be just weird because of this decision? Right. You know, yeah. are you going to be able to sit mm-hmm. at the same table with the whole family and, and feel great right. weight, you know? So absolutely. So yeah, it's, and, and, you know, we can, we can help talk about that, but at the end of the day, that's kind of an individual value decision. And, uh, you know, one thing I have told uh, with a couple clients, well, first of all, I guess I would preface this by saying, you know, most times when these things come up, the client's already decided what mm. they want to do. 
Sure. Either helping or not helping. And they're looking to us either to make sure it's affordable and not just a complete mistake or to find the best way to do it. Or, and I've, I've told people a couple of times, I make a good, bad guy. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, and that, mm-hmm. that came up recently with, with some clients. It was like, you, you go back and you just tell them that your financial planner said, there's no way that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, was it as in that particular situation, it, it wasn't that big of a deal, they would have been okay. It wasn't a good idea, but they didn't want to do it. Right. And so, you know, go back and tell them, Dave said, that's puts your plans at jeopardy. And he really doesn't think that that's a position they want to put you in. Yeah. That's a great point to have that kind of a a system in place and and to have clients, you know, use us as kind of the scapegoat or the bad guy. And we do that. (laughs) <laughs> for kids. And one of the things that we do, you know, with widows, a lot of times who get into a similar situation where they've got people asking them for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just to say that's, you know, Hey, that's a great idea. I'll talk to my financial planner about it. Yeah. We'll see what we'll see what, <laughs> yeah. see what comes up. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> you know, uh, and be prepared to have those convert, you know, and yeah. that's a great one to, to tell a kid if they come to something with you and you're not sure about, or you are sure about it, but you don't want to say no mm-hmm. off the bat. Tell me you need to talk to your financial planner and see how it's going to yeah. affect you and, yeah. and go back and say, my financial planner um, doesn't, you know, doesn't believe that this is going to be good for us long right. term. So right. and, that's uh, a great point. Um, another thing that comes up along these lines in these conversations quite often is the idea of fairness mm, yes. when there's other, other siblings involved in, uh, you know, that's a, another very subjective conversation. I've seen parents just kind of keep a ledger, you know, sure. I've seen others who actually built it into estate planning where I gave Johnny, you know, X percent of his inheritance already, you know, for these reasons. And so we've adjusted percentages accordingly. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that one is definitely Depends on the family. I know in my family, you know, we, they always, my mom always wants to keep everything exactly the same to like the dollar. And and I constantly have to tell her mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> help out my little brothers. Cause if you, if they need help and you're there to help them and you can help them great. Cause if you don't someday, I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 And, so please. Uh, does so, not have to be completely equal. I understand this. And, th- and that's my family dynamic, but I'm sure well, there's other ones where, you know, you feel left out or because, you know, somebody got more and less, right. and, you know, I think that's more of a, finan- a family dynamic. So you're going to have to figure out what's most well, important to you. And my advice would be communicating it with yeah. everybody so that everybody knows what's going on. Well, and, you know, from experience, when, when a parent passes away, all the siblings are 12 and 13 years old again anyway you know, and how they behave towards each other. So but whatever you yeah. do, you know, it's, it's all going to be, you can knock yourself out trying to be fair and those sibling rivalries and everything are still going to be there regardless of how fair you were. So yeah, just do absolutely. what you, do what you think is right. I think is a better yes. way. Yeah. Yeah. The best you can do. So some other things to consider you know, I, and I always talk about it in terms of, you know, what's most important to you. And a lot of times when we're going through our process and we're talking to people about these things, we have this idea of a heart's core, which is essentially 
you know, what do you need to do to live a fulfilling life? And some of that might be supporting your kids. And right. One thing yeah. that we haven't yeah. talked about that probably should have been on that list is college, right? Sure. How much yeah. are you going to pay for a kid's college and at the cost of what to you? Right. But if that's at your heart's core where, you know, the most important thing to you is making sure your kids are educated, that might be different to you than someone who maybe doesn't have that belief in college. And so when we're having conversations around, things like affordability and should I do it, it really comes down to figuring out what's most important to you versus this concept of ought to, which is this kind of been ingrained in me. I really should do this, but you know, I don't know that that's necessarily super important to me. And, and when you can break those things down and start thinking about those, I think that really helps when it comes to making these types of decisions. Backing up a little bit, uh, you know, Sometimes we we talk to parents about lending money to their kids instead of giving money to their kids, and I, yes. which is which I think is fine. But I always point out because talk about the awkward Thanksgiving dinner conversations. You know, if you're going to make it a loan, you put it in writing with actual terms that you both sign. And I'm not saying you need to go to a lawyer and get it drawn up, but if you expect that money to be paid back at a percentage amount, or you know, with a particular interest rate or even without interest, but just paid back in 10 years, you need to put that down on paper that junior is going to be making payments to me. Otherwise it's a gift and you need to mentally treat it as a gift, even if they tell you they're going to pay you back. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think that's something that a lot of times, especially with family, we kind of get around because we don't feel comfortable right. with it. And it's not to say that if you give your child a loan that you can't forgive it. Joe, say, absolutely. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't put it down as a loan, like you said, it's technically a gift. And so yeah. think about those things and think about how you yeah. want to be repaid and what that looks like. And, you know, great example is Warren Buffett loaned his own kid a <laughs> bunch of money for a farm. I mean, this is a billionaire who made his own son loaned him money to get uh, a farm. So, you know, just because you have a bunch of money doesn't necessarily mean that you should be giving it away. Right. Um, I don't know if he ended up paying it back or getting it forgiven, but I always found that interesting that a billionaire would loan his own kid money. That is so Warren Buffett. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it really is. You know, he's a a treasure. His (laughs) values were not having anything to do with his money and his ability. It had to do with what he wanted to teach his kids. Right. And, you know, so that, you know, there, you've got the two sides of that, whether you value helping them and giving them as much as you can, or you value teaching them what you see as life lessons, you know, and those things don't have to be diametrically opposed. Yeah. You know, you can find those, those middle grounds between the two things that come to mind too, is if you think, think things like this are on the horizon, those should be built into contingency funds and into plans as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, I always tell clients is if you just have an inkling that you might need some money at some point in the near future, I want to be your first call so that we can make sure that we're ready for it. I don't want it to be, hey, I need a check for you know $30,000 on Tuesday. Let me know, you know a month before that if you can or longer, you know? <laughs> The longer the yeah. better. I, I'm not stating that very well, but the, you know, if you think it's a possibility, we should be talking about it. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think what we've illustrated in this conversation is it really is 
it's a conversation about what you value and what you want to teach your kids. And I know that we try very hard to not judge people for the decisions that they make on the things that are important to them. And so, and I know that there are financial planners and advisors out there that will put their own stamp on, you know, what they think is important and tell you to do things or not to do things based on what they believe and not necessarily what's truly important to you. So just be careful about that when you're, when you're thinking about these things and you're thinking about whether or not you should or shouldn't do something, whether or not you can or can't afford it, um, you know, stick to your guns and and what's most important to you and what you want to ultimately do for your kids in life. You know, we've all got families. Every family has its own idiosyncrasies, right? So don't, don't be afraid to talk to an objective outsider who can, who can maybe help give that perspective and if nothing else help, you know, identify the risks and the best ways to do things. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think this is one of the, you know, one of the tough conversations that are had, but having a good, you know, independent advisor that can help you talk through not only the financial aspects, but some of the other things I think makes a ton of sense. Um, and it, it's not uncommon to have, you know, another great example would be if you have a kid that you're trying to help, you know, put some strings on it. Like, Hey, you need to meet with this financial advisor and I, get yourself yeah. set up. Yep. Um, we've had those conversations with client yes. kids. Um, yep. and I think that's an important, another thing that you can do to say, there's some strings attached to this in terms of what you need to be able to do to get yourself on track. You know, this is one of those conversations that never really ends. There's always, always more to be said, I think. But, uh, you know, if uh, the bottom line is just, you know, be open, have communication and uh, get some help if you need it. Absolutely. And, and we're definitely here to help. So if you have situations like this, you know, feel free to reach out, shoot us an email, give us a call, and we will, we'd love to sit down and talk with you about some of those things. All right, Nick, have a good uh, rest of the day. And, uh, Thanks, Dave. With you next Appreciate time. it. Thanks. Sounds good. Yep. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com. <laughs>